0: One week season One Week Season Fam, La Familia. Welcome to today's One Week Season Best Ball Plus Game Theory Training Session. My name is Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86, as I am known in the DFS and Best Ball Streets. Today is Tuesday, June 20th, and we are once again focusing on DraftKings, Drafters, and non-Best Ball Mania 4 contests in this edition of our trading series. Our product and trading session series is focused on game theory and opportunities to exploit inefficiencies in the best ball market. Just a reminder, our schedule on Mondays is our Market Updates and News Reactions pod. On Tuesdays is this pod that you are listening to uh, focused on those non baseball Mania 4 contests and other platforms outside Underdog. On Wednesdays, Hilo will bring you Underdog-specific theories. On Thursdays, Hilo will dig into game theory, deep, the deep roots of game theory, and how we can apply uh, those lessons and concepts to the game of best ball. And then on Fridays, as always, we have our podcasts or live streams with different guests from around the industry, uh, bringing in some of the sharpest people around to uh, bounce ideas off of and discuss different theories with. Um, and occasionally, we'll do a progress check where we will put into action uh, many of the theories that we discuss uh, over the week or weeks. Uh, We will put them into action with a live draft that we'll put out there and kind of you can see and hear our thought process as we go through a draft. So today's training session is going to focus on drafters specific theories. I've talked a lot over the course of my training sessions um, about the benefits and why I think playing on drafters is a positive EV proposition. Um, for pretty much anyone who is playing a lot of best ball. So this week uh, I'm focusing on specific theories uh, and approaches for how I draft on drafters. And how I adjust my approach specific for drafters given their uh, unique scoring settings, their unique um, roster construction their unique uh, payout structure with no playoff outcomes um, being needed to uh, you know, have a week 17 correlation or anything like that. So uh, that is going to be the focus of today's podcast. I hope that you enjoy it. So kicking things off, as we dig into drafters and Uh, Those contests, again, they have a $20 and a $3 price point. Two main contests. uh, Again, reminder on drafters, there are no playoff weeks. They have 17 weeks cumulative scoring. Uh, It's just everybody that drafts. It's your total score throughout the 17 weeks. And all the places are decided based on um, your score's Uh, your final score, there is no resetting of those scores at any point. Um, The drafters, once again, they have the same setup for their rosters, their drafts of 20 rounds, the same as DraftKings. Um, However, their scoring varies slightly, as they do have a full PPR on drafters similar to DraftKings. However, they do not have the bonuses, the DraftKings bonuses for 300 yards passing or 100 yards rushing or receiving. So as we dig into what those differences mean and different theories, uh, things that I have found and that the the more drafts I do, um, things I'm seeing and uh, things that I guess how I approach my drafts on drafters specifically. Uh, the first topic I'll talk about is quarterbacks. So quarterbacks have different values. Uh, There's a few reasons for this. First, we somewhat talked about the scoring settings, but what those scoring settings mean for quarterbacks is that it is more favorable for the other positions than it is for quarterback. The reason for that is there are no bonuses like on underdog. So underdog and drafters both have no bonuses, but drafters is full PPR where underdog is only half PPR. So if you were to just compare it to underdog, the scoring is the same for everything across the board, except each player is getting an extra half point for a reception. So a wide receiver, for example, who catches 80 passes, they're going to score 40 more points over the course of the season, um, whereas the quarterbacks are going to score the same amount of points on draft drafters as they do on underdog. So when you start with that kind of basic understanding, you can see how the scoring settings become more favorable for the other positions. Um Relatively speaking, the pass catching positions are gonna score more points on drafters than underdog, but the quarterbacks are gonna score the same. Now, taking it a step further, comparing it to DraftKings, the no bonuses for 300 yard passing games that is gonna raise the value of rushing quarterbacks. So, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Anthony Richardson. Those are the first ones that come to mind. As quarterbacks who a lot of their value is tied to their rushing ability, is tied to their ability to um, have multi touchdown games on the ground, to have 50, 60, 70 rushing yards and boost their weekly output. So I've talked at length about on DraftKings how pocket quarterbacks who are able to get those 300-yard passing games and get that bonus. That helps bring them closer to the rushing quarterbacks. No bonuses on drafters. That makes those rushing quarterbacks a little mo- bit more value within their positions. Um, Again, speaking specifically to approach with quarterbacks, the extra roster spots, that means you can draft more of them. So we've already discussed that Quarterbacks are going to score less points, relatively speaking, than the other positions that are able to catch passes because of the difference in full PPR and half PPR. Um, what that does is it it creates more value when, especially with the format of full regular season, seventeen weeks scoring, determining the payouts. Um, that brings players like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh Patrick Mahomes, you know, Kirk Cousins, those types of guys who um are very good quarterbacks on good offenses, you know, they're going to have good years, but the uh those players specifically their value is going to drop some um in this specific setting. A big part of that reason is those extra roster spots. You can draft more quarterbacks, and it's a lot easier to find three or four quarterbacks that you draft late, um, that you draft very late, that can accumulate and combine to uh, post your score for the year from the quarterback position uh, that will match or surpass um, some of those other quarterbacks, specifically the more pocket-oriented ones. Now, again, this is not an all-encompassing. There is not a, a secret cheat code. Um, this is just understanding the scoring and what it means as a uh, theory and what it means from an approach standpoint. So, any of those quarterbacks that I said maybe have less value on drafters, that's relative to their value on other sites, specifically DraftKings. Um, and obviously, uh, if any of those players hit their 90th, 95th percentile outcome for the season, um, you know, that thesis kind of goes out the window. But when you're thinking about things from an overall perspective and how we approach, these drafts and what is most likely to make us money understanding that we can use those extra roster spots to draft extra quarterbacks and have a greater chance of replicating your season-long output because again this format is entirely based on your overall point total so there are no playoff weeks which somewhat again diminishes the value of an elite quarterback that might have a huge weekly ceiling, because if you can match their overall season output with a group of mid to late round quarterbacks, then that kind of, that brings the whole late round quarterback approach um, back to the forefront, something that, uh, you know, things, everything ebbs and flows and goes in cycles. So um, quarterbacks used to uh, early on in fantasy days um, as fantasy football became very popular uh, the top quarterbacks would often be drafted very high um, as you know early on before a lot of research had been done before um, everybody got more got sharper uh, the idea was quarterbacks score the most points so the top quarterbacks draft them early. Um, that was kind of figured out and people started with the, uh, late round quarterback approach with, um, you know, then finding quarterbacks who rush, uh, who rush the ball often and kind of that Konami code cheat code, uh, approach with, um, rushing quarterbacks in mid to late rounds. Um, and then now with these, dual threat quarterbacks taking over the league with these huge ceilings, huge weekly ceilings. Um, things are kind of shifting back where quarterback ADPs are rising this year. Again, it's important. The format is so important to understand. Uh, these players, these elite quarterbacks, um, a big part of why they are, quote unquote, worth it on DraftKings and Underdog is because they could put up 40 points in a given week, and if it's in that playoff week, uh, you know they can kind of break the slate and win the week. But over the course of a season, those quarterbacks, even the ones, the elite ones, are going to have some ups and downs. And if you can replicate or come close to replicating uh, their season long output um, from that one position, that one spot, the quarterback position. Um, You know, there's a lot of value then in uh, using your earlier picks on those positions that, like we talked about earlier, are going to score more points uh, just because of the scoring settings. Um, The next thing we'll move on to is running backs. So high-end workhorse running backs, to me, have more value. So again, this is just understanding roster construction, understanding the format. So taking, um, having two or three high-end workhorse-type running backs on your roster, uh, that allows you to use less roster spots on the position. Um, running backs are hitting... So again, comparing... Dra- Let me start over. DraftKings and Underdog are the primary best ball sites. What that means is that there's a ton of carryover in approaches and strategies and the way that rosters are built um, from those sites onto drafters, which is kind of a secondary site. So, a big part of that when you think about DraftKings is um, so on underdog, the Wide receivers, their spike week potential, um, that, you know, they're almost going overdrafted now in the half PPR format. But the spike week potential with the uh, huge week 17 payouts, uh, that's kind of what is driving, uh, you know, driving the ship for uh, wide receivers on underdog. On DraftKings, it makes a lot of sense with the full PPR and the bonuses for 100 yards receiving. Um, It makes a lot more sense, too, that because these top end wide receivers are, um, you know, frankly, they're hitting 100 yards. They're having 100 yard games um, very frequently. And that adds up, you know, that's an extra uh, 30, you know, 30 points in a season if they have uh, 10 games, 10 100 yard games, which uh, there's a few uh, wide receivers who are going to have, you know, seven to 10 100-yard games throughout the course of a season. Now, running backs, the top running backs, they're hitting their DK bonuses less often than wide receivers. Therefore, the non-bonus scoring on drafters with you know not having those bonuses, it's going to bring down the overall scoring of the wide receivers more than it brings down the overall scoring of the running backs, specifically at the high end. Um, additionally, consistency has added value in the format. So you're not starting back at zero in week 15. So if you get that elite running back season, uh, think Josh Jacobs last year. Josh Jacobs, um, he battled some injuries and kind of fell off in the playoffs um, in the week 15 through 17. I don't remember exactly which weeks, uh, but he he struggled and had injuries. And, um, you know, teams that had him had ridden him to the playoffs really kind of got got left out on a limb, um, when he didn't put up points for them, uh, when they needed him in those big money weeks. Um, but it, Josh Jacobs on drafters and drafters format, if you got that type of season and you got 15 elite weeks out of a player, um, you know, that has a ton of value. Their value is not, um, tank quite as much. So, you know, and you think about a player like Uh, Saquon Barkley, who last year, he didn't have very many spike weeks, but his consistency, his uh, huge workload and his, uh, you know, his touchdown equity in his offense and his uh, ability to catch at least, you know, two or three passes every week uh, that gave him consistency that is much more valuable on a site like drafters, where, again, you're trying to accumulate points throughout the season. Um, so, you know, having that consistency, uh, in my opinion, it makes those higher-end workhorse running backs more valuable. Um, and, you know, that's, that's something I keep in mind as I am drafting my rosters. Um, moving on, another, another important topic is, I believe, bye weeks matter more. So I've talked about on previous training sessions. I've talked about uh, bye weeks and how we can leverage the buy weeks on DraftKings for uh, finding unique player combinations um, that will give us, uh, you know, opportunities for low-owned players in the playoff weeks. Um, you know, purposely taking players with similar bye weeks and sacrificing a small bit of uh, your regular season points, uh, you know, with the idea that it's a small enough chunk that you're, it's likely not going to be the difference in whether you advance or not. And the leverage you gain by having that low owned player combination uh, is worth it. But the difference here is, you know, taking zeros is going to hurt your EV a lot. So Drafting two tight ends, having a two tight end roster and both uh, tight ends um, having the same bye week or a um, even a three tight end or a three QB roster where uh, two of the three have the same bye week where it all takes is one injury and you're taking a zero, you know, that 10 to 20 point loss in outcome, you know, That could be a huge deal at the end of the season when you have all of these rosters across the whole contest um, competing. That difference of one uh, non-scoring position throughout the season, that could be very costly. So, uh, bye weeks matter more. Um, Finally, late round picks are best used on players who can potentially contribute every week. So, when you think about late round running backs who are um, unlikely to see uh, touches without injuries to players in front of them, you know, so injury dependent guys, um, people who these players who they are down the depth chart, but if a certain running back, if the guy ahead of them misses a week that their weekly upside for that week is very, is very valuable. It's very high. Their upside is very high. So, those running backs are um, less valuable in this format, in my opinion, because they're um, on DraftKings and underdog. If you have one of those players and then that spike week where they have a 20, 25 point week, if that comes in the right week uh, late in the season, you know, that can carry you, that can make a huge difference. Whereas in this format, Having them on your roster carrying that dead weight for thirteen weeks where they're scoring you know eight or less points that makes it harder to uh, sustain a team that's gonna um accumulate points to the level where you're gonna compete at the top end Now, I'm not saying that uh you can never draft any of those late running backs, but I think that some of the roster-building approaches of having uh, several of those on your roster um, is much le- less viable for trying to take down a tournament such as this. So, you know, again, talking about late-round picks and how we can best use those, you know, I started this saying, you know, they're best used on players who can potentially contribute every week. So starting quarterbacks, I mean, starting quarterbacks touch the ball every play. They have a better chance to score 20 plus points in a given week than any player going in the 15th round or later that's a running back receiver or tight end. So, you know, Desmond Ritter, Ryan Tannehill, uh, CJ Stroud, um, you know, Trey Lance, uh, Baker Mayfield, even like these are guys who if they are starting, if they are playing an NFL game as a starting quarterback, they're touching the ball every play just. Just from that standpoint, like that is not something you can say on a weekly basis about the players at these other positions. So, again, tying that back to what we talked about with the uh, quarterback values for the um, early to mid-round quarterbacks, um, it just makes it more viable to to wait to try to aggregate uh your scoring from the quarterback position instead of taking an elite one. Um you know again this is not all encompassing. I'm not saying I'll never take higher end quarterbacks, but it's definitely something to consider. Um again, how are you using those late round uh picks, those end-of-the-draft picks, because those quarterbacks they have the potential on a weekly basis to add points to your bottom line. And again, this is, this is cumulative scoring. It is not restarting at zero in week 15. So having a quarterback, having quarterbacks who um, can put up a 20 or 25 point game that helps you throughout the week, the year, uh, that's more valuable um, in a, in a given week than some of the other positions might be the players that you can get there. Um, And then again, tight end scoring, um, after the top tier of tight end, it's extremely sporadic, the tight end scoring, you know, the um, tight end, like eight through tight end, 18, usually in a given year are pretty close, even probably tight end six through tight end 18. Um, You know, none are, you know, jumping off the page, you think of even like Dallas Goddard last year had, I believe, under 700 yards receiving. I know we missed a couple games, but, um, you know, there's there's a lot of tight ends that are relatively close. So, um, again, looking at how we use these late round picks, a 12 to 15 point game from a late round tight end is much more likely to crack your lineup than a 12 to 15 point game from a late round wide receiver. Um, just the nature of it that... Uh, that amount of points is more likely to you know to raise your bottom line. It, you know, t- if you draft an 18th round tight end and they score 12 to 15 points, um, it's much more likely that that 12 to 15 points adds value to your uh, cumulative score than a 12 to 15 point game from a wide receiver you could draft with that same pick. So you know, again. I'm not trying to load up on a bunch of late running backs who do not have a role without injuries. Um, I'm wanting, uh, you know, starting quarterbacks and starting tight ends who have the ability to uh, get into my lineup and raise uh, my weekly output. Uh, you know, I think those are great ways to use those late round picks. And also, obviously, you know, I didn't the one position I didn't talk about is wide receiver. But, you know, wide receiver is is pretty straightforward, um, similar to other uh, sites where um, having players who have high upside that can spike at the position where we're rostering the most players um, certainly has some value. So, again, just uh, some things to consider when. Constructing your rosters there, uh, you know, the, you know, putting those things together, you know, you, I, for me, my rosters on drafters, comparing them to DraftKings, I have more, I have more, um, exposure, I guess, to those higher end running backs. I, I'm rostering them at a much higher rate on drafters, um, you know, I am having uh I still am rostering um like TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, uh at a at a decent clip, as well as, you know, those that second tier of um Goddard, uh Goddard Pitts, Evan Ingram. Um because they do it seems like they do go uh later on drafters as well. Um but then I i Am using usually two, uh, two or three picks um, on tight ends later in the draft, um, especially or the blind squirrel approach where I draft four late tight ends. Um, I think that's a great way. Um, drafters is probably even better place to use that strategy uh, than DraftKings, where we're taking uh, three or four quarter or tight ends very late, um, and I think that. Uh, that makes a lot of sense and then quarterbacks you know I am kind of being aware of what I do if I take an early quarterback um it pretty much always is going to be uh, either Jalen hurts in the third uh, Lamar Jackson in the uh if he falls into the early fourth or Justin Fields, if he falls into the fifth uh, those are the guys that um, those are the quarterbacks that I am uh still taking somewhat early specifically because of how their skill set fits with the uh, scoring settings on drafters um, and then Anthony Richardson uh, also later uh, has a ton of ton of value in my opinion um, and then I'm getting a lot of guys like CJ Stroud Bryce Young Mac Jones um, those types of guys who are uh, you know, They're going to start, um, you know, so if I can put them, they're going to start and they're going to stay on the field. So if I can put them on a roster where they are, um, you know, they can, I can get their spike weeks, um, and they're regularly giving having a chance to contribute, um, I think that makes a ton of sense. So a little more exposure early to the, uh, stud running backs, um, usually going at least with one of the two positions, quarterback or tight end, I am kind of using a, uh, aggregate of, uh, late round picks from that position to kind of take care of that one position through volume rather than, uh, trying to have a super high quality. Um, and then using uh, the extra picks to leverage, uh, you know, getting as many high end wide receivers on my team as possible. Um, because over my time playing best ball, especially on, uh, draft kings and drafters, you know, those, those rosters are the ones that, uh, seem to do the best are the ones that I have. I should say, when I say do the best their end of season. So on DraftKings when, the regular season ends in week 14. Um, looking back at those rosters from last year, uh, the ones that were, that had a lot of wide receivers. Um, so even if I have two or three running backs taken in the first, uh, four or five rounds, um, you know, I've got six wide receivers through 10 rounds, um, you know, or five wide receivers through seven or eight rounds. Um, those are the types of rosters that um, have seemed to have the highest point total uh, in looking back at my DraftKings results. So um, that's kind of how I'm looking to uh, kind of put my rosters together, try to construct things, try to make things, um, you know, have the best chance, have the least that has to, that I have to have go right um that is I guess outside the norm, you know, and and again, this is understanding the rules of the game, evaluating uh the situation and exploiting uh those things specifically like I referred to before, DraftKings and Underdogs are DraftKings and Underdog is where people are playing the most. It's where the content is geared around the most. Um, and so much of those approaches, um, and those contests is being just transposed onto drafters. And so when we can find the ways that, uh, you know, the DraftKings and underdog approaches do not fit the drafters settings, uh, those are the things that we can leverage to put ourselves in a better position, uh to have that highest aggregate score so um that wrap, wraps up our discussion on drafters for the week and hopefully that is very valuable for you and it will help you uh continue to uh chase that golden ticket uh from drafters so that's going to wrap it up for us for this week hopefully it was helpful for you and we will talk to you soon good night and good luck everybody